remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. I'm Tracy. I'm Leslie today. (laughs) And today our theme is testimony. If this is your (laughs) first time joining us, um, Say Yes to Spirit is all about encouraging you to say yes to spirit, to live your life in a way that makes it clear that you are saying yes to spirit, and to continue um, or to help you continue to live in that way. Um, even when it's difficult, or even when you forget. Ah, to be reminded, yes, that's the key, isn't it? To remind ourselves, remind each other. Yeah, and so really Leslie and I just come together to remind <laughs> ourselves, and Thank hopefully God. it reminds you as well. And every week we have a theme, and as I already mentioned, today our theme is testimony. But, but before we go to the theme... We generally connect the dots. And our last topic was? The nativity scene. We had a two-for-one, a two-week two nativity scene. And um, connecting the dots is my favorite part of the entire hour. That's a terrible thing to say, but it is one of my favorite parts. And connecting the dots from between testimony and nativity story. Well, it's going to get into the idea of what I believe, what my old kind of fashion belief of testimony is. I see a man on a street corner with a very well-worn Bible giving a testimony. That's my definition. That's because I think of testimony. And then, uh, and then when I was thinking about that today, that I flash forward to a more modern picture in my mind that my life is my testimony. And I can connect that idea of testimony to the nativity scene that, you know, these wise men and the shepherds and the different people that came and uh, followed the angels' hearkening, their lives were their testimony. They were living out their, the divine design. And so in a strange way, my, uh, my second definition of testimony fits to the connect the dots. My first one, I, I got nothing for that man on the street corner giving a testimony. Does that not ring a bell for you in terms of testimony? Well, I guess that's after the break. But anyway, that's my connect the dots, is living my life as a testimony. Everybody in the nativity scene was certainly living their faith. Yeah, and that's connect the dots for today. So we're going to take a quick break. And then we will come back to talk about testimony on Say Yes to Spirit. Stay with us.
we're back. Thanks for joining us on Say Yes to Spirit. Today our theme is testimony. And um, I, <laughs> do you think of the man on the corner? Okay. Don't think of the man on the corner, no. Although when you said it and I visualized it, I got that. <laughs> there the you first go. thing that comes to mind for me is more of, um, again, reflecting you know, back mm-hmm. to a much younger, much, much younger age, I I would have been grounded in the idea of individual testimony, like the man on the street, but uh-huh. in the church environment of someone giving a testimony of someone, um, you know, standing up in church and saying how God, how good God is and why, like what happened in their life that mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's interesting because, in the church I grew up in, even though it was a Baptist church, it wasn't the kind of church where that was very common. Nobody stood up in the middle of the sermon and said, I need to testify. No, not in the church <laughs> where I grew up in. But I guess because I've been in churches where that was the case. And when I was young, like in grade school still, maybe early high school, but you know, when I was pretty young, we... The church that I went to, grew up in, was only a few blocks away from a church, a Pentecostal church. Oh, they'd be testifying. And so, you know, so it wasn't so foreign to me. I mean, I knew about it. It just wasn't kind of the church I was in. And then by the time I was in high school where we actually could leave and walk, like walk down to the store or walk down to get some food, you know, when we probably should have been in church, um, you know, it would be that we would be a block from the Pentecostal church. And so you could hear You could organ, hear it. Can you, you hear the organ playing cool. and the people dancing Serious. and shouting and really being joyous that's in the very Lord. Cool. I love that. And um, so, yeah, that's, that comes to mind first. Mm-hmm. And then when you were describing, you know, the person on the street corner, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I see that. I mean, I can relate to that. Yep. And then where you went after that with the way you live your life is your testimony. Um, the comment that was in my head was, well, of course you would say that. You're the person who fashions herself as a mystic. <laughs> fashions herself as a mystic. I like that very carefully. I'm a wannabe mystic. Yes, yes. Um, and... Truly, that's what you and I both say a lot, and that's what the Centers for Spiritual Living really are all about. It's how we live and what we do and what we say that, you know, that really demonstrate what is it that you really believe about about yourself and about your relationship with the divine. And how is that yeah, demonstrated every moment of the day? Go ahead. No, no, no. I'll remember my story. My um, one of the things that I have heard myself use quite a bit in the last year in different situations is the question that I'll ask people, if there were a camera crew oh, yeah. following you around for the next 10 days, it, all of your waking hours, what story would it tell? And I, and in that sense, it's like, yes, your life is your true testimony for what you believe 
and what you believe, it, you know, do you live in a friendly universe? Do you live in an unlimited universe? Do you live in a universe where you really believe that God is always present, all, all powerful, all knowing? Yeah, or are you, are you demonstrating that? You might believe it, but are you demonstrating it? I guess is my, always the question I give to myself. Because I certainly believe it, but that camera crew would not see it. In the last 10 days, they would have been seeing something else. <laughs> but I was going to tell a story. It made me think of when you said as a child growing up, I was raised in a Methodist church where I don't know that Methodist church is allowed testimonies. I don't think <laughs> I think about it. But had a very curious experience when I was in probably uh, starting out in high school. I mean, we went to, my, my mother and father were charter members of this church, 36 and 37. And by the time I got to be in high school, you know, it was probably a thousand member church. But so my family was rather well known in the church. And I had one of the assistant ministers come up to me in the hallway of the church in between Sunday school and church. We always had Sunday mm-hmm. school church and then church. And he said, Leslie, I heard about your, and I want to say he used the word testimony, but I doubt that he did. But it was that kind of word. I heard about your story. I heard about your your healing, your testimony of your healing that you told in the Sunday school class. And I would love to talk to you more about that and see if you'd be willing to, to talk about that in our prayer group. And I just looked at him like he had three heads. I was like, my testimony about my healing? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I've never had a healing. And, and he said, well, didn't you just in the Sunday school class? I said, no. And he said, well, it must have been one of your sisters. And I have twin sisters who are nine years older than I am. <laughs> and one, I always knew growing, growing up that she got big books delivered big uh, print books delivered. Mm-hmm. And I knew she couldn't play like ball games because she didn't have depth perception. I knew she saw differently. But I came from a family that we didn't talk about much. You know, it was just that's what, you know, is going on with your sister. And there was no real explanation. I don't think I ever asked. And I certainly was never told anything of what had happened. And so that day at lunch, because we always had Sunday lunch together, um, I kind of questioned, I was like, did what do y'all talk about being healed in Sunday school? Because the preacher thought it was me. And so it turns out my sister, and this is the first time I heard this, was actually born, well, they were both born premature back in the day. They were born in the 50s. The incubators, they didn't know that babies didn't need as much oxygen as adults. And so this was a fairly common thing back then. She was over-oxygenized. I'm using that word wrong. She went blind, and the uh, doctor said, you have a blind baby, and just get prepared for that. So my family, my parents accepted that, brought her home, and and again, they're big Methodists, so they got her on her prayer list and did all of that, and my mother can say the day when she was about eight months old that she was giving her a bath, and she could tell that she could see, that she could see light and dark, that she always had this, what they call perpetual eye movement, and she has no depth perception, so she can't drive, and she's still had some issues today, but that, but it was so interesting that you know, growing up, a I didn't know about the physical healing, mm-hmm. and b for whatever reason on this particular Sunday after everyone in this church her whole life, they were coming back I guess from college probably, and uh, she told this story of this healing that made a difference to this minister. 
So, um, so that would be a classic definition of a testimony, giving a, a story of a personal healing. And, and certainly the doctors at the time said there was no medical reason for her to be able to see. So everybody, you know. Of course. It believed. Was, it was a miracle. It was a miracle. And it was, because all a miracle is is a shift in consciousness that allows us to see, do, or be something that we didn't previously believe was possible. Right, right, right. So it's interesting. And it's interesting, I think, over the years of how our family has talked about that quote-unquote miracle, you know, and, and, and it's funny to me that, well, not knowing my family, it's not funny, but, you know, it's odd if I didn't know my family, that we would keep that a secret. You would think that would be the thing you'd want to be on the street corner, right? With the Bible saying, look, this happened, you know, we got a prayer chain going and this modern miracle. See, this is why you <laughs> always wanted to walk through walls because you come from a family where miracles abound. No, I come from a family where nobody talks about the miracles, so I want to do something really dramatic to draw all the attention. You know, I'm just starved for attention, apparently. Crazy. It's very interesting. So um, the dictionary definition of testimony is, number one, a formal written or spoken statement, especially one given in a court of law. That is so funny. I didn't even think about that right. testimony in terms of a court of law. And you work in a jail. And I work in a jail. But That's yeah, I mean, it's like, that was my reaction just now as I pulled it up. It's like, oh, yeah, you go to court and you give your testimony. I didn't even think of that. But because we're talking about say yes to spirit, it never came right. up in that secular way. Oh, golly. But it's the exact same thing. People will stand up or true. write true, true. What, has ex- what they have experienced. It's a spoken statement. And then the second definition is evidence or proof provided by the existence or appearance of something. So evidence or proof of uh, my faith in God. Evidence or proof of God working in my life. That's how we, that's how well, that's we use testimony in in the spiritual, in the right. religious realm, that it's evidence or proof of the existence of God and God operating in me, as me, or through me. And that would make sense for either one of my examples, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of how I'm living my life. Do I show evidence of God expressing as me, or do I show evidence as some strange, derailed human being that's out of control? Okay, enough about me. But anyway, so yeah, that's good. All right. So yeah, so we were definitely not thinking about the legal term. Right. That's but so it's like, funny. Okay, it makes sense right? yeah. when you think about it that way. So, um, so in some ways, some people would probably say that testimony, giving testimony, the act of testimony is a spiritual practice. Oh, I like that. I think I can see that. And I think, you know, when I take the image of the guy on the street corner, because, you know, he's probably not the image that I... (laughs) I don't want to see myself as that person, even though I probably am that person, you know, that person that other people look at going, oh, no, what is she doing? What is she going to do next? Oh, don't step off the curb. But, um, you know, that person that's having that passion and is that consumed... You know, I do want to be that person. I do want to be that consumed and and have 
have it be, you know, like you're saying with the video camera, be be an example of what can be. Be that living, breathing, real-time expression that is that we all are, but to be awake to it, you know, to be more awake to it. It's interesting. I do do some uh, work in the jail and in the classes. Um, different women are on different paths. It's not a um, it's not a religious program, which is very unusual. Our program is um, non faith based, so the women can practice whatever faith they want. And one of the women talked about in a class this week. She she was reading the Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And she talked about how the concept that she could look down from above and observe herself in pain and not be the pain had shifted everything for her. Really? And you could, I could see it. It was strange because I, I had noticed we do a, a morning experience three days a week where I have all of the women together, all 64 women. And I had noticed something different about her last week. And um, and it was really, I think, I think when you have a big shift like that, when you really understand, oh, my goodness, this experience that I'm having that is so gut-wrenching, you know, it is an experience. It's not the truth of who I am. Mm-hmm. The truth of who I am is something much bigger. And the, the separation or the detachment of that, that observer eye or whatever people call it, is life changing when you can really see that when I can really and and I've had experiences where I am the observer and I've had experiences where I am the pain and I'm here to tell you that observer situation is a much healthier <laughs> I would recommend that highly I think I'm going to tattoo observer on the outside of my hand so I can be reminded it's a choice face. Leslie it's a choice so you could choose observer yes. which is which is yeah, which is sometimes challenging when you can be the observer and the person and the doer at uh-huh, the same time. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> but it is interesting. And when she talked about it, you could see other people engaging in it. And so that's like a little mini. I mean, I, I guess when you come down to it, the testimony is just sharing our, as the 12-step program would say, sharing experience, strength, and hope is a, is a testimony. And giving other people the wisdom of our wisdom. Yeah, and that whole idea of if it can happen to or for me. Right. It can happen to or for you. It does make it more believable and less abstract, Mm -hmm. this concept of God, this concept of wholeness, this concept of Oneness. There is no separation between me and God. That you know, God is expressing life through me. That is what I'm here for. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, that's like all ideas. Until you start hearing or seeing and observing what happens to other people when they are living guided by the divine. Mm-hmm. And when good things are happening to them, then you you know it's like oh if I can I can do that I can stay on the path I can stay focused and make choices based on what I know to be the divine truth, then you know quote unquote good things are going to happen to me too. 
and you know, I, I always have to put the in quotation. <laughs> What's your quote unquote definition of good, Tracy? Well, because everything <clears throat> is good. So right. you know, when we put stuff in the quotations and say it's bad, it's right. like, okay, I didn't expect that. Maybe I didn't want that, but it's leading me, you know, to some place that I'm going to look back and go, oh, that's why that happened. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got something good as a result of that. Right. So there really is no bad or good. It's just life unfolding. And where's that mystical line that uh, in the human experience, when you can say to someone having a human experience, look for the good. Or there's good here, right? And you know, right. not get like punched. <laughs> Because there's, there's a moment that you, you just have to say it to yourself. Yeah. You do not advise someone to, well, look for the so good. Really, where's the good? The good's coming. Oh, you just got a diagnosis it's of stage four cancer, and the doctor said you may have uh, weeks to live. Right. Yes, there's a very you have to deep bring that example of this part of me <laughs> that says, mm. you know, I know this is the cycle of life. And I'm, you know, I there are a lot of ways I can position it that would be quote unquote good, but you're right. I that's not the time to say that to the person right. who just got the diagnosis, who is upset about the diagnosis and either fearful or angry or confused. Now, you know, someone says this is the diagnosis I got, and I've had a really great life, and this is what, and you know, and they're just really calm. That's all different, yeah. You know, then I probably still won't say. A, yeah, it's the best thing that ever happened, you know. But, yeah, you want to pick up where that person is. But in my head, I'm saying, wow, um, you know, good, well, not good example, but another an example that's similar, and it is around health, you know, we have made around health. Health. Oh, health. health. <laughs> I was like, around health. Oh, I like talking about health. Around health. Health. Um, we... You know, we in our society in this time of, of of evolution have made dying a medical event versus it's a natural part of the cycle of life. You know, when when people were more agricultural mm-hmm. and children grew up seeing animals be born and do the work of at the farm and then either be killed or die, just it was natural. Plants, you you have crops, you have seasons. Life blooms, life dies. But in our day and age, it's like someone dies, what did they die of? Like, you know, they have to have been sick, they have to have something. So I affirm that I'm the American Indian that I'll just lay down and transcend that <coughs> American Indian tradition, isn't it? Yes, to just walk off into the woods and never be, or into the mountains or into the bush and never be seen again. Kind of like a cat. See, and I'm surrounded by cats. I'm probably part cat by this time in my life. I'm surrounded by cats. Well, <laughs> but cats do. You know, it's, it's sometimes a little sobering to me all the things that I claimed when I was pretty young, either a teenager or in my 20s, that actually have unfolded. Yes. The, the way that, I mean, like I didn't have the how, but I knew what the end result was. And um, and one of the things I have said since I was in my 20s was that when I die, 
it's time for me to die, for my body to die, that I'm just going to lay down and I'm going to go to sleep and, you know, I won't wake up. There's not going to be any major drama. It's going to be very quick. It's a good affirmation. That was actually how it started. It's going to be very quick. I will now. I have to admit, when I had the car accident a few months ago, and my car mm. hydroplane and spun into the wall, right? And for a split second, I, I actually just accepted that that was the end of my life. Really? Oh yeah. When I Thank saw you. the car going into the wall, and it wasn't a fear. It was just, wow. It, it was actually, it was... You didn't think this isn't how it's supposed to happen. I was supposed to be asleep. No, but I thought, really? The the words that came to my mind as the thought were, really? This is it? That's so funny. Hit the wall, car spun, and, which I didn't see, but I realized now, I realized right away, I wasn't unconscious. The airbag hit had inflated so I couldn't see oh, anything right, sure, but the sure. airbag but I didn't know that was why I couldn't see anything car spun and um, and so in the next breath after saying really this is it and it was like this is how I'm going to go out really really that's the thought you had and the next breath I was you know the car had spun around and stopped and I was seeing the airbag deflate, so I was like, oh, guess not. <laughs> it was like, that very, was the script. And that, very practical, Tracy. Isn't it? It's very it's Strangely practical. Very strangely practical. Mm-hmm. I really would have expected to have a lot more it drama. It seems like you could, a little, you could have mustered a little drama for the final moment of your life. But I've had, that I wasn't there. I could have given you some drama. Yes, you could have. But I've had drama in the past. Screaming hysterically would have been very useful, I'm sure, at that time. So, and yeah, that was the other thing. It's like I didn't. But the, the, that whole uh, piece of in the split second, it's like, yeah, that's, that, that's when I remember that I used to say, whenever I die, it's going to be very fast. There's not going to be long and prolonged. And that I've been saying longer than I want to just go to sleep and not wake up. Oh, I see. So you need to add that like double time now. I do because <laughs> after the accident, I kept thinking about there are lots of ways you could go just like this. Yeah. That at least would seem be to be violent. painful or dramatic or right. Someone could shoot you dead or um, we have a... a, a friend, an acquaintance who, you know, had a heart attack recently and then was in hospital for three days on life support. And it's like, no, um, I I just want to lay down and go to sleep. I affirm that for you as well. And, you know, the whole dying experience is another kind of idea about testimony. Look at me getting back on track. I just love to point that out when I'm the responsible one because it so rarely happens. But I'm on an Internet group of people that um, near-death experiences, mm-hmm. I guess, that they meet once a month or something, and they share their experiences. And that's an interesting phenomenon. You're part of the group, but it's about them. Well, I get invited. Like, okay. you know, I got an email. Like, I guess they go. I guess they, you know, speak to the public. 
about their experience as a way of a testimony to kind of say, it's okay. I'm thinking that's what they say. I've never been, but I can't imagine going and then saying it, it all goes to shit. Oh, that's shit on the radio. But sure, that'd be a terrible thing to say. I've been on the other side. It's not good. Stay here as long as you can. <laughs> Usually it's like, I've been there. It's great. Fabulous. But so it's kind of like a testimony to reassure us yeah. that it's all good. And I, you know, and I wonder if that is kind of the basis of religious or spiritual testimony is to continuously remind us that it's all good and to give ourselves reassurance along the way. And one thing we had talked about was possibly doing a series on Bible stories. So glad I remembered that as well. And that that too is a is a mechanism when people tell stories to give some you know metaphor or some uh, purpose to the story that it that it's a reassuring thing. So I wonder if testimony is in a spiritual sense is meant to be sort of a reassurance. And if I don't tell my testimony or if I don't live my testimony or if I don't express my testimony, then I'm you know, as the Bible would say, keeping the light under the bushel where it really doesn't get to serve its purpose. Is that the purpose of my life, to be a testimony, to be a, to be an example? Well, I, I don't know that I would say for anybody, well, and it could be for, for some individuals, but that the purpose would be to be the example. Because I think our purpose is... Does that make me seem special and singular? Yeah. Well, no, that our purpose is about maximizing our own experience and right. and doing, you know, um, doing what we need to do to affirm and to be clear about our connection and that there is no separation and that, you know, I am guided and I am, you know, I am love and all of that. And in us doing so, we create like consciousness, we create the the general consciousness that this is life and this is the way um, it is. This is how religion or this is how spirituality expresses in our lives and provides guidance for us. So there is that piece that's about educating others, especially I think when people are either young in age or young in their exposure to a spiritual foundation. Right. Um, and then you use the word remind as to remind us. And I think that is true. When we give a testimony about how good God is, or we give a testimony about how something that we couldn't imagine miraculously happened. Right. Or we give a testimony that here, is, here was my prayer, and here is how it was answered, that we do simply, I remind, when I do that, I remind myself yes. of that which I believe. Maybe that's a better phrase, remind, than example. I think that's probably a better phrase, and more in line with how I'm thinking in terms of that there is some sort of, there's my next favorite word, accountability, to share, to share our experience, strength, and hope. And making a 12-step reference as well, that there's, um, you know, they say it's a program of attraction, not promotion. 
And so, as you're saying, people that are, you know, newly sober or newly in the program, you know, it's a lifeline for them to hear the old-timers talk. Mm-hmm. And so, in many ways, like you're saying, when people are newly on a spiritual path, to be able to hear, oh, this story about Eckhart Tolle or this book or this thing that happened to me or, you know, it can be very be very affirming and it can also help us understand that that's the divine design instead of I liked what you said about you know a miracle and using that phrase um, we do kind of reserve that word for something really extraordinary and we think it's like some sort of strange exception to the rule of life and um, ultimately my um, belief would be that you know the the miracle is as you said it's just seeing it differently and then and expecting a miracle what was that that was a 1970s book or something wasn't it expect a miracle was that Oral Roberts who did that expect a miracle but that phrase expect a miracle kind of allows us to be in a state of expecting what we would consider miraculous to just not be miraculous, to allow that to be an everyday event, that it doesn't have to be some extraordinary, I don't have to jump through some extraordinary hoop that the miracle is just sort of present. Yeah, if I look at what happens in the course of any day of my life just slightly differently, it's miracle after miracle after miracle. Just the the fact that... I'm alive and that my body operates and my heart beats. I don't tell my heart to beat. I don't know how to tell my brain to think or to process information. Everything is a miracle. There's a a quote that I've seen a lot and right in this moment, the quote, Arthur, is not coming to me, um, but it is, the quote is basically either everything is a miracle or nothing is. Oh, I like that. Yes. And um, I've heard that, yes. Yeah, and it's, you know, you live your life as if right. everything is a miracle or nothing. Uh-huh. And it's, it's, it's very interesting, I think, that we, we forget. We forget. But it's, it's all out of anything, it's out of the realm of anything that I could create. Right. I guess this is part of why nature plays a part of bringing us back the reminder of, you know, the Mm awe-inspiring. And that maybe nature is a testimony. I like that. Am I reaching now for the word testimony? I don't know. Are you? Does it feel like you're reaching? Yeah, I, I feel like a little reach with the, the with the nature thing, but you know that may not be that might by its very essence, it's a testimony of the awesome nature of the divine design. And what is happening that seems so awesome, that seems so miraculous in nature, is actually happening in us, but we can't see it because it is us. Right, and it's not awesome or or extraordinary. To the ocean, it's just doing what the ocean does. Exactly. So, yeah, that's always interesting to me to, to remember. It's like, I'm seeing it as something extraordinary, but it's just doing what it does. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. It's 
captures so so truly uh, it captures so completely what is true um, and as a human being you know it's I'm thinking about all of my Facebook friends who post photo after photo of did you see the sunset today yeah. did you see the sunset. sunrise yeah. did you see that moon last night and I don't mean to make fun of that. Oh, don't you dare, because I'm big into that. Because but. I agree with the point that you made, that as a human being, when I look at nature, the ocean, the Grand Canyon, the moon, the sunset, I am reminded that I am just a tiny part of this of this miracle divine of called life. Right. And the divine design is the same. Um, and so, in that sense, it is serving me in in my perspective, in keeping perspective. But it's also true what you just said about it's just doing what it does. Right. It's not like it's putting on a show to entertain yes. the human. Right. Not. So, but if you take that metaphor, if we just do what we are divinely designed to do, then we would all be that awesome. Awesome. Yes. And, you know, for a while, I I had created a word called aspirational. And, um, you know, that's aspirational. Or I want to, you know, have an aspirational experience. Because I, I think there is a connection between awesome being inspiring for us. That, you know, the Aspirational? Aspirational. <laughs> I like aspiration. that. That's good. It and, can be that for each other. And I, 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 I use that for about three years, like all the time. And she was saying, used it in a while now, but. I feel yeah. awe inspiring, but I like Aspirational. It's an aspiration or you aspirational. Go, Making that work. Yeah, that happens sometimes. But it is an interesting thing to ponder that if we all just simply do what we're designed to do, that we would absolutely be as spectacular as the full moon or the ocean or, you know, that, that, that there is this inner this inner experience of truth that really if we just get in alignment with that it is it is that spectacular. And I can you know, I, I having practiced having had a daily practice for thirty years more or less when I started in twelve step programs I started a daily practice. I'm pretty able to see when I'm in it and when I'm not in it. But it's still amazing when I'm in it, meaning it, meaning the not <laughs> divine space. Mm-hmm. When I would be in in the darkness or in the unawareness, the unawakeness of how real it seems to me. And I'm way smarter than the average person. I just wanted to point that out. So you know, so I can only imagine. Good golly! But no, but it's really it seems so real to me. And I was sitting on my back deck this morning, and I, I had a sick kitty and. And I was just, you know, I was having this little fight with myself. Oh, 
can't get worse. I don't say that. Can't get worse. Oh, it's all, you know, this is all a sham. Oh, no, it's not. It's all going to work out to be perfect. And so I, you know, I have these inner debates. And then I had, uh, my whole life revolves around metaphors of my cat. So I had this two kitties that are sort of, they, they go off and they go way off and they'll be gone for a couple of days and then they'll come back. And I hadn't seen one in about a week and I had seen the other one the night before last. And I had told the one that I saw, I said, tell, tell Miss Whiskers she needs to show up. I need to see her. I haven't seen her in a week. And so when I'm sitting in my back deck this morning having this, you know, conversation with myself about is it real, is it not real? And I know it's real, but it's it's an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Here comes Miss, Miss Whiskers. And then I just get mad at the universe. I'm like, you know, I don't have to have this directive an example. I should be able to work this out on my own. <laughs> you shouldn't have to come down through Miss Whiskers. I should I should have more faith, you know. Isn't that sad? Anytime you're, can't you're, really you can't just accept, accept it and, and love get excited it. about it and go, oh, you know, I'm like, oh gosh, Leslie, look how sad you are. You have to have yet another example that it is, you know, divinely designed, and that it's only how I see it that that makes it not seem so divinely designed sometimes. Yeah. So there's my testimony. It's all divinely designed, but I really can lose sight of that, and I'm. I'm aware of how aware I am and how awake I am much of the time. But when I go to sleep, it's a coma. <laughs> and, and we all go to sleep. We all... But darn it, I don't want to! <laughs> but you seem to enjoy it so much. <laughs> well, see, I know. And that's, this, you know, there's a whole other side of that. You get it? a lot out of if it. If I didn't get so much out of it, I'd stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy, that's a whole different show. What's that about testimony? Yeah, but that's true. That's true. Well, I thought I I think that unwittingly, um, you just gave an amazing testimony. I take care yeah. of these cats, and I'm missing this one. Cat A, you like to tell Cat B. I instructed, yeah. And it, basically, the universe heard that instruction, and Cat B shows up. Mm-hmm. True that, and you know, I tell the women in jail to play with the, you know, this thing called the divine design. I said, you know, play with it, ask, you know, start putting stuff out there. I and there's this one little young girl that's 19. She's been there over a year. She turned 18 and 19 in jail, and um, and she started playing with it about six months ago. And she said, I would wake up and I'd say, today I want hot water. I, I just want the shower to have hot water. When I get to it, I want it to be hot water. She's like, who's hot water? And like every third week or something, they'll get like an orange or an apple or something, you know, some sort of fruit that's very rare. And, you know, she said, then the next week, she said, this week I want to have an orange. This week I want to, and she got that. And so it's interesting. And then when you don't get the orange, you think, oh, well, it didn't work, right? I mean, I understand the other side of that. But... If you start playing with it enough and you don't get the orange one week and then you keep playing with it, there is really, you can start seeing the patterns of how it does fall together. And maybe you don't get an orange on your plate, but something arrives in the mail and it's on orange paper or something. I mean, there's just, there's some sort of something. In or you, you don't get about the it. orange, but as you are leaving the meal time and going back, 
you know, to your pod, you hear three people say, did you have one of those oranges? They were so, so sour today. Or, you know, something that's like, oh, I wasn't supposed to get it because it wasn't going to fulfill the reason I wanted it in the first place. Right, right, right. If you pay know, attention. Right, if you pay here. attention and don't just cut it off as, I didn't get it. Right. It's, doesn't it doesn't work. work. Right. I'm not connected to spirit. Right. See, here, I'm a victim. There's another right. example of how God doesn't love me. Loves everybody else, but doesn't Doesn't love apply me. to me. Yeah. I've been there, done that. Yes. Just yesterday. Yes, just earlier this morning. It is interesting, and, and, and to play with it, and to, to be on the lookout for how it is kind of coming together in terms of, you know, getting a uh, getting a um, response to to what my what what is my testimony producing in my own life? You know, what am I what am I speaking into existence? Okay, I don't want to go there. But anyway, okay. what are you speaking that, into existence? That's right? a really I think that's that may even be the crux oh, of dear. the whole the whole thing. <laughs> well, thank God we got to it. The whole caboodle. No, the whole kitchen sink. Um, because it is easy to think about our testimony as being something to impress other people, something to convince other right. people. Convert. But really the testimony is an expression and an affirmation of of the power of the energy of God working in my life. I'm doing I'm I'm giving this testimony to make what I am feeling concrete and real. Uh-huh. So I really am doing it for, for me. Myself. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. To yes. affirm what I believe going from a formless idea into physical manifestation in my life. And when I do that, I affirm it for myself, and I can expect more of that. Oh, I like that, yeah. Because obviously we get more of what we affirm mm-hmm. and what we what we pay attention to grows. So my testimony to myself would then become the thing that then manifests into my external circumstance. Over, I have got over, to change my and testimony. over again. <laughs> so if my testimony is that traffic is bad, I don't have enough time. What in that sense, right. I'm giving a testimony that right. my life sucks. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> my life sucks. It's not working out, and I have this problem and that problem. I'm giving a testimony. How can my I be here again? Is yeah. a testimony. Yeah. So what I am experiencing and what I believe about what I am experiencing and what I believe about myself. And the universe always says yes. Right. So we've been up until this very moment, we have been talking about testimony as as testimony representing the good of God, the good of God showing up in my life. And me testifying, testifying to you to get some reaction for you. Is what I, how I have seen it. And really, even when we are complaining, we are giving a testimony. We are testifying. And and 
really we are testifying about how good God is to give me what I am focused on. Ugh. Yeah, that's like depressing. There could be it's like a PhD in spirituality that I don't want, right? No, yeah, but it's true. Oh, I I believe because it. That's how. That's what I. I have I a friend it. who, because she's a friend, and I know I'm. It's not my job to change her or fix her. Oh, go ahead, just say it to me. No, it's <laughs> not. You know, and her conversation is about all the things she doesn't like about her boss or her job or um, how things are not happening well with her family or, I mean, that's what she focuses that's the on. testimony, yeah. And, and even though I never would have thought about it consciously until just now, literally, it's the exact same thing. Whatever you talk about is your testimony to what you believe, how you believe, the world works how you believe God shows up in your life. And the universe says, yes, that's what you expect. That's what you seem to want. That's what you're putting energy toward. And I, will, and I, if the universe were to use the word I, I support that. I will right. give you more of that. In the, in the testimony, interestingly enough, if we think about it, if I think about it in terms of how I would think about it used with others, it's a much more positive reflection But than how I would use it with myself. It seems to have not been always in the positive light. So there again is another opportunity, another choice to look at, you know, and, and, and I think that's why I love the name of the show, Say Yes to Spirit, that frames everything to... Saying yes to spirit, not, you know, if I really ask that question, you know, what would spirit do? What would love do? I mean, it's just so simple. Yes. But it, it shifts everything. And if I can if I can just say the words when I'm in the coma, even, you know, even in the coma, if I can get some, and I, really, I like the idea of the tattoo, you know, because it just draws me back. I talk about my mala beads all the time. I mean, they they visually draw me back. I do. I need I need a lot of a lot of reassurance, especially lately. And I and I think that that is an interesting thing that I can be my own testimony. Do you have any tattoos? No, but I want some. But I don't even have pierced ears. I'm not into pain at all. But I would love a tattoo. I think it'd be very cool and hip, and I think it would make me hipper. Somehow. <laughs> Speaking of external, you know. Okay. Yeah. Do you, 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 follow that do you have a tattoo? No, I don't. Oh. Why don't you have a tattoo? I've never wanted one. Oh, see, that's better. I've, I've never see? even. I've never. You're spent, just good enough. I've never spent five, <laughs> even five minutes considering. Really? It. I think about them all the time. I and I, I know people with tattoos. Work in the jail, but no, no. I mean, I know other people. No, I know lots that. of people I love who them. have I tattoos them. of all ages. Yeah. I mean, not just you know, tattoos were not something that were that were common when I was a teenager or in my twenties for you know for people in my age group. Um, but I know a lot of people who are my age and older who now have tattoos who got tattoos in their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, and. Um, you know, it's at life stages. Oh, this is my right. birthday. I'm gonna, you know, mark it with a tattoo. But 
But I, yeah, it's not, I don't have any bad feeling about other people having tattoos, but it has never been anything that I thought about when about 60 seconds. See, my fantasy tattoo is sort of a testimony tattoo. It's um, on my hands, on my left hand, I'd have Boda, 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 Boda. And on my right hand, I'd have Cheetah, Boda, Cheetah. It's a phrase for awakened heart. Yes. And so that would be on inside my palms so that when I put my hands together in a position, that would have an awakened heart. Isn't that cute? I think that's so cute. And I could just see myself explaining it. And I think that'd just be adorable. And listen, see, what you that? can't see is I really am excited about that. If I thought I could get a real job, see, my mother's voice says you can't get a real job with tattoos on your hands. That would, you know, cripple me for life. But other than that, we're not even going to go there because I kind of (laughs) this whole idea. But I love that. But that would be a testimony, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, getting a job. But would that be a testimony, wouldn't it? With my hands, see, Oda Cheetah would be a testimony. People would be. It would be a conversation. And it's surely that's why you that's, do it. That's why we do it. Yes. <laughs> the conversation. Well, that's about all the time we have to talk well, about testimony today. And testimony and testifying and what does that have to do with say yes to spirit? And while I don't know that we came up with any definitive answer to that, I hope that you got what we always get from participating in this show, the opportunity to actually explore what do I think about that and what does it have to do with saying yes to spirit and living my life in a way that is aligned with my spiritual beliefs. That is a testimony. See, I like that. Living my life in a way that just is a testimony all the time. I guess it is a testimony, like you said at the end, one way or the other, it's still a testimony. So I'm going to choose to have mine be an awakened testimony more this week. That's going to be mine. Okay, so we'll check in with you next week and see how that, <laughs> yeah, that, went. How that worked for you. Um, and so, all, as always, check the uh, show log on Blog Talk Radio and see what's coming up next. And uh, until then, we invite you to say, say yes to spirit. spirit. Alexa, play meant to be. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.